Chapter 27 of the Wyvern Mystery. This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wyvern Mystery by Joseph Sheridan Lefano. Chapter 27 Through the House. This stalwart lady stumbled and groped her way back to her chair and sat down again in the kitchen. The chair in which she sat was an old-fashioned armchair of plain wood, uncolored and clumsy. When Mildred Tarnley returned, the changed appearance of her guest struck her. "'Be ye sick, ma'am?' she asked, standing, candle in hand by the chair. The visitor was sitting bolt upright, with a large hand clutched on each arm of the chair, with a face deadly pale and distorted by a frown or a spasm that frightened old Mildred, who fancied, as she made no sign, not the slightest stir, that she was in a fit, or possibly dead. "'For God's sake, ma'am,' conjured old Mildred fiercely, "'will ye speak?' The lady in the chair started, shrugged, and gasped. It was like shaking off a fit. Oh, 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 Mildred Tartley, I was thinking, I was thinking. Did you speak? Mildred looked at her, not knowing what to make of it. Too much laudanum, was it? Or that nervous pain in her head? I only asked you how you were, ma'am. You looked so bad. I thought you was going to work in a fit. What an old fool. I never was better in my life. Fit? I never had a fit, not I. You used to have em sometimes long ago, ma'am, and they came in the snap of a finger-like, said Mildred sturdily. Clear your head of those fits, for they have left me long ago. I'm well, I tell you, never was better. You're old, you're old woman, and that which has made you so pious is also making you blind. Well, you look a deal better now, you do, said Mildred, who did not want to have a corpse or an epileptic suddenly on her hands, and was much relieved by the signs of returning vivacity and color. Tarnley, you've been a faithful creature, and true to me. I hope I may live to reward you, said the lady, extending her hand vaguely towards the old servant. I'm true to them as gives me bread, and ever was. And that's old Mildred Tarnley's truth. If she eats their bread, she'll maintain their right, and that's only honest. That's reason, ma'am. I have no right to cry. I cry excellent, good, good, very good. For as you are my husband's servant, I have all the benefit of your admirable fidelity. Boo! I'm so grateful. And one day or other, old girl, I'll reward you. And very good tea. And every care of me. I will tell Mr. Verveild, when he comes, how good you have been. And tell me, how is the fire? And the bed? And the bedroom? All quite comfortable? Comfortable quite, I hope, ma'am. Do I look quite well now? Yes, am Pure and hearty. It was only just a turn. Yes, just so, perhaps, although I never felt it, and I could dance now, 
only for fifty things so i won't mind she laughed i'm sleepy and i'm not sleepy and i love you old mildred tarnley and you'll tell me some more about master harry and his wife when we get upstairs who'd have thought that wild fellow would ever tie himself to a wife have fancied that clever young fellow that loves making money so well would have chosen out a wife without a florin to her fortune everything is so surprising come let's have a laugh you and me together my laughing days is over ma'am not that i see much to laugh at for any one and many a thing i thought a laughing matter when i was young seems o'er like a crying matter now i'm grown old said mildred and snuffed the kitchen candle with her fingers well give me your arm mildred there's a good old thing yes and up she got her long length mildred took the candle and took the tall lady gently by the wrist the guest however placed her great hand upon mildred's shoulder and thus they proceeded through the passages leaving the back stair that led to alice's room at the right they mounted the great staircase and reached a comfortably warm room with a fire flickering on the hearth for the air was sharp in other respects the apartment had not very much to boast there's fire here i feel it place my chair near it the bed in the old place said the tall woman coming to a halt yes'm little change here ever i warrant ye only the room's been new-papered answered mildred new-papered has it well i'll sit down thanks and i'll get to my bed just now shall i assist ye ma'am by and by thanks but not till i've eaten a bit i've grown hungry what your master calls peckish what would you advise i would advise your eating something replied mildred but what there's very little there's eggs quite new there's a bit of bacon and there's about a half a cold chicken roast and there's a corner of cheddar cheese and there's butter and this bread tain't much answered mrs tarnley glibly the chicken will do very nicely and don't forget bread and salt mrs tarnley and a glass of beer yes ma'am mrs tarnley poked the fire and looked about her and then took the only candle marched boldly off with it shutting the door toward the door the lady turned her face and listened she heard old mildred's step receding this tall woman was not pleasant to look at her large features were pitted with the smallpox and deadly pale with the pallor of anger and an unpleasant smile lighted up the whiteness of her face patience patience she repeated what a damned trick no matter wait a little she did wait a little in silence screwing her lips and knitting her brows and then a new resource struck her and she groped in her bag and drew forth a bottle which she applied to her lips more than once and seemed better it was no febrifuge nor opiate 
but though the flicker of the fire showed no flush on her pallid features the odor declared it brandy End of chapter 27 Recording by John Brandon